Hi, I'm Coach Corey Wayne, and today we've got John Dufresne of KineticConsulting.net, and we're going to talk about his weaponized geometry class and his force-on-force force training that he does, because this is the closest that you're going to get to being in a real-world gunfight. And so once you're good with your pistol mechanics, your rifle mechanics, then you're going to want to put that to use in the shoot house going up against other people. And so the John's got a one of his UTM pistols, and he's going to go through and explain it and talk a little bit about his weaponized geometry class and who should who's the ideal type of student that should go to it and why you want to do force-on-force force training versus just going to the gun range and shooting paper targets. Cool. So um, weaponized geometry. Uh, it is a class that's uh, trying to teach you how to minimize your exposure while maximizing your lethality in a one-man situation, right? Because uh, a lot of us don't work in teams, right? We're working by ourselves most of the time when you can still carry, you walk around, you do things. It's also geared towards the single officer response to certain problems, and it's literally learning how to work the geometry of a structure by yourself uh, with weapons, right, with, with firearm. Uh, most of the time I teach that class with uh, a Glock-style pistol. So this is a UTM conversion, uh, and what it does is, is it creates or it converts the actual firearm from being able to shoot real bullets to shooting something called UTM, or Universal Training Munitions. Now, these things, uh, they still do hurt, but they can't kill you. They sting. They're kind of like paintballs, but real tiny, and they move a little faster. So about 370 feet per second compared to a paintball, it's usually around 290 to 300 if somebody's being an asshole. Um, <laughs> but uh, it loads and it shoots very similar to a normal firearm, and it makes it so that people, one, they're used to that if they're shooting on the range and learning how to shoot, learning the, the mechanics of shooting and all that. Once you learn that in a class or you learn that from a friend or whatever, you should be practicing it. And once you create a good subconscious effort or subconscious competence with that firearm, now it's time to go and make sure that your training is working to your advantage and is actually making you better and not worse or making you <laughs> not stupid per se. Right? So you take that and you test it out against other human beings. Now, there, there is paintball, there is airsoft that you could do, but these training munitions are, uh, they have a pain penalty for getting shot. Called the bee stings. Yeah, the bee stings. They don't feel good. They hurt. They'll, they'll break skin and, and cause you to bleed a little bit and bruise you. Um, but it's definitely something that'll keep you from making it a game. So you gotta it's, wear thick clothing. Yeah, a little bit. Now, I don't want you too thick because then, then you don't feel it. I want you to feel it a little bit. And not out of like a weird thing. It's more of like you learn you exposed too much or you made a mistake. And that's when you're going to get shot. Yep. Um, so in that class, you learn the concepts, principles, and tactics to working by yourself. And then uh, we apply them against moving, shooting targets, which are... a two-day class, usually on the weekend, right? Exactly. And on the second day, you do it against your classmates. So you have... Um, we, we have some... Uh, good guys and we have some bad guys and we mix them up and we start going through different problems and I give you different problem sets to apply your skills and you can really see where people have been either lacking in their fundamental training or they don't have enough of it 
is when they don't use their sights, they're shooting wildly, they their sympathetic nerve system takes over and they start like losing their their uh their ability to think logically. And then you can see the guys that practice, they take a diligent effort into their practice and really care and, and put some um, time into it. And those guys usually come out real calm and collected. They're, they're learning the new things, so they may mess up with some stuff, but they usually end up shooting really well and their sympathetic nervous system isn't as activated. And um, <laughs> the, the cool part is nowadays, we, we a lot of us have these smartwatches and you could actually see your heart rate on a lot of them. And anybody wearing one, I always ask them, I'm like, what's your heart rate before we start? What's your heart rate when we're done? And you could see huge spikes in it depending on uh, on how how they felt and how comfortable they were. The guys that come back a second time, a third time, or go to Weaponized Geometry 2, which is a different variation what to it. second class? Yeah, there's a second one. When did that come out? Yeah, that one's, uh, I have, I've only done a couple of them, but it's a, a low light variation. And it's more scenario based, so it's uh, it's actually super fun. I'll have I have one next year in Miami uh, wow. here, and uh, and it's uh, it's a different variation on it, but it's just adding more complexity to the problem and getting you to the point that you can understand how to deal with the complexity of the structure, and then the complexity of fighting other human beings, and then we add in darkness as well, so it it gets very spicy, um, but. Overall, it's it's a great way of, of testing your ability as well as learning new concepts and things that you may not have thought about in the grand scheme of things, especially when you've only gotten your training from going to the range and shooting a sheet of paper that doesn't shoot back. Yeah. So That's the thing I, I noticed like the first couple runs is mm-hmm. that once you've got the you know, you've got the mask on, which is clear, so you can see through it, you got gloves on, you got thicker clothing, you got a cup on, you gotta protect the family jewels obviously you don't want to get shot there and but it's like you know, john's typically behind you and it's quiet and you're in a shoot house and you're clearing rooms you're opening doors there could be one person in their way now there could be three people two people you, you don't know where they are they probably typically know what door you're going to come through so they're waiting to ambush you <laughs> and so when it starts it's just dead quiet and then, you know, what ha- I remember, like, the first run is, like, the, my mask is starting to fog up a little bit. My heart's going, because I'd never been shot with a UTM round before. I'm like, how bad is it going to sting? And, <laughs> like, I don't want to get exposed. And, and, and those are all emotions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> these things are going through your head. And then I think I was, we, we did, when we were filming with Jocelyn, when we did that video on the SPR mm-hmm. day, um, I remember it was, like, what was surprising after the class was over was, how few rounds that I shot because the way John trains you, it's just you're only taking the shot when you have it. And cause, and I'm going up against guys that obviously hadn't practiced as much and like some of the bad guys, like mm-hmm. I remember one of them, he, you know, I, there's rounds just start impacting the wall around me. I'm like, I, I didn't know where the hell he was. And there was a bookcase and he was kind of, you know, so I was standing up and he was kind of crouched down. And so he was kind of shooting through, the bookcase and so he was missing me because he was nervous that i was coming through the door he was, was scared like, too yeah exactly and you know and then it's gun jammed and then i i bent the, you know exposed enough so i could see him get the dot on him and and, and then shoot him but after you go through it a couple times then you're just kind of calm you're just yeah. as john says you're playing the game and you're not breathing heavy you're just you just it's like unconscious competence it's like it the dot goes in the target, the finger eases back, and 
round goes off. And once you build that subconscious competence, all you got to do is think about what, what the next problem is. And it's, it's actually really, really easy when you put somebody that's experienced into it. When you put somebody brand new to it, it's like overwhelming. And uh, it's a big tidal wave of information and also emotionally. It's like a uh, sensory overload almost. Yeah, to an extent, yeah. So that's the idea. You get stressed in the shoot house because if you're, you know, God forbid you're having dinner with friends or family members and somebody decides to, you know, get all freaky, it's, you know, your gun comes out and it's just, you just, it, it take your body just it kind of does it itself. Well, there's there's natural things that happen to your body, and um, I think a lot of people don't take that into account or don't know about it. And one of the things that they they end up doing is having a false perception of their actual skill or their skill level. And I, I think males have it more than females. Uh, females usually know like I'm not cut out for this. I'm not going to do that shit. Uh, males are like I saw this in a movie once. I got this. You're like, man, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> so um, a lot of people have that false perception of their, their ability. A lot of police officers. Because if you watch police shootings, it's it's different shooting at paper targets, like you said, that don't shoot mm-hmm. back. But when these guys get in a real-world gunfight, they're emptying their magazines, and they're lucky if they hit the guy once. And then, like, I, I saw that there was a police shooting over the weekend. Or actually, about a, a week ago, there was a guy that he i guess he wrecked his car and then the police showed up just you know because it's an accident figuring Mm -hmm. they're just going to help this guy and this dude starts coming at him with a knife and um he doesn't drop the knife and then he runs around to start coming after a cop that's on the the side of his cruiser behind the door and then the guy just starts you know shooting the guy because the dude's running at him hitting you know a couple of rounds go through his window i don't i i he literally emptied this whole magazine in a matter of seconds. Mm-hmm. And he hit the guy several times, but he was on some kind of drugs, obviously, because he just kept coming. Because you get these idiots on TV go, oh, shoot him in the leg, shoot him in the arm, it'll just stop. And this dude's just getting hammered in the chest by multiple rounds and probably le- lethal shots. I don't think the guy survived. And then eventually he falls down on the ground and they're like, they tell him to roll over and then he starts rolling real fast and then gets back up and starts running at him again. And so they dump a bunch more rounds into the dude and then he just, he finally lays down. Well, something, something people don't understand is, uh, anatomy, right? So they don't know their, they have a false perception of skill. They don't understand anatomy enough to understand where to actually shoot a, a human being to stop them from doing things. Hunters have a really good understanding of anatomy towards the animals they hunt so if you're on on the law enforcement side and usually your adversary ends up being a bad man with some kind of weapon you need to understand the anatomy of a human being to understand how to stop the human being from doing bad things to people again so the the understanding of anatomy the the anywhere but the midbrain the pons and the bedubalablangata are going to be something that causes a either mental incapacitation, right? Because they don't want to play no more. You shot me in the foot, I'm done. Or you shot me 10 times, I'm done, whatever, mentally incapacitated or some kind of physical incapacitation, but it will cause it over time. So if I shot you in the chest 10 times, 15 times, 20 times, and you you wanted me for, like you were going to fight until the last breath, guess what? You still have oxygenated blood that can still pull triggers, you still run, you can still do a bunch of different things depending on where those bullets went and actually still cause damage to me, other people, stuff like that. 
Now we look at law enforcement targets and law enforcement targets are ginormous. They are huge. They are bigger than the average person. And the scores counted on qualifications, the lack of training, the lack of um, attention from their administration to give them more training, give them more specific higher standards to achieve uh, causes this degradation in their skill levels and this false perception of their level of training. You know, they, they leave the academy. They're like, ah, you are amazing. Go, right? Go do good things. It, it's the, the least um, or it's the, the highest consequence tool, but the least frequently used that is on their hip that they get the least amount of training in. You know, the, the, so they're completely inadequately prepared. They, they are given a false perception by saying like, oh, you can carry a gun now and given such minimal, minimal training. And for example, uh, one of my classes, a weekend class, which lasts between 16 to 20 hours of learning in that weekend is almost double, if not triple the amount of training that a standard patrolman gets on a, on a, or deputy gets on a, on a given year, like a year. <laughs> yeah. Like our, our friend in the local police department was telling us is like, we get, everything's budget driven. We get four hours a year per officer. And yeah. You should be training at least two to four hours a month just to keep your skills sharp. Not just that, but like think think if you only got eight hours to drive every year, how good of a driver would you be? Not a good driver. No, you'd be a shit driver like most of the ones down here, but they just drive like shit. No, but, but like if, if you really it's thought about it. It's drugs that half the people are. Yeah, like how good would you be at golf if you only golfed for eight hours a year? Mm-hmm. And then the the next golf game you play at a spontaneous moment is going to be the one for your life. <laughs> like, think about that. Like I'm going to play like shit. I play golf maybe once every three, four years with my brothers. And all we do is hit the balls and hope for the best. So we're not using any skill. We have no idea. And that's what the normal person is doing at the range. When they go to the range once every year, twice every month, whatever it is, instead of actually putting in good practice and the, the law enforcement side most of the time, they're they're not putting extra time into it other than what's mandated or given to them because they're kind of inundated from the 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 birth of their law enforcement career that they got a they got what the department's gonna give them and it's good enough, hopefully. Right? But the second they do something wrong that's outside of their abilities because they weren't given that time, they weren't put in, they money wasn't put into their training, wasn't given to them to like actually work on their skill level. Ammo wasn't provided so they can go take training on their own or go practice on their own. All of that leads to them making a mistake that may cause them to go to jail or get fired and their department's just going to throw them right under the bus. Ah, this deputy, this sheriff, uh, this, this dude, whatever they do uh, about throwing their dude under the bus instead of, you know, we notice there's a there's a lack of training here. And let's go ahead instead of budgeting money for some stupid shit, we're going to go ahead and put it into their actual training for the highest consequence problem that they're going to have, which is actually using their firearm. Using a taser isn't as high consequence as using a gun. So. Taser um, often doesn't work. Well, like taser, we've all seen those videos. Where taser deployment is terrible. Yeah. But overall, it's it's a 
it comes down to education, just like everything else. Education is one of the things that, that lead us to understanding more. And once we understand more, we can make better decisions off what we understand. But if you're not educated in it and you don't get enough education, right? How are you going to know there's more, right? It's the whole Dunning-Kruger shenanigans. You don't know what you don't know. So if they don't know that they don't know what they think they know, but all the movies say they know, they're not going to fucking know. So <laughs> it's, it doesn't matter. So it, you, you look at that whole Dunning-Kruger problem and it leads to a bunch of different things too. But the the overall thing is that you have you have people that are have false perception of their skill, whether civilians, law enforcement, military, anything, um, because they're whomever commands or is above them or themselves aren't willing to take the time to put in to not perfecting. You don't have to perfect a skill because there really is no perfection in this world. You know, there's only high level of fundamental use, but they're not willing to, to accept and go lead to that point. Uh, and the guys that do actually are the ones that um, that do well in that kind of world uh, usually get shunned by their fellow dudes because they're like, ah, you're a gun nerd or, you're, oh, you're you're gear queer or whatever. Like you're a gun nut. Like they, they sell all the things, but you're like, yeah, but like think about it. If he was a car nerd, he wouldn't get as as bashed. But y'all carry guns and drive cars all day. Why is there a difference? Right. And so they both kill well, cars kill more people than guns anyways, but like we look at it and we're like, you wouldn't only get eight hours of fucking car training every year, right? You wouldn't only drive for eight hours a year to be good drivers. Like, so why, why does that equate to firearms? But so your force on force classes, you have ones for the public and you mm -hmm. do one specifically for guys in law enforcement or law enforcement agencies. So I do. If you guys are interested and your department probably, like most departments, needs additional training, obviously, how how do they go about that? How does a a department or pe people in law enforcement, how should they contact you then? It's, it's as easy as emailing me and asking me what you need, and I will give you dates, price, and we'll get it going. It's It's super simple to host a class, super simple. Even individual citizens that want to host a class – if you have enough people, uh, we can we can do a class like it is it is that easy on my website. There's a little tab called hosting, and that's for anybody that wants to host a different class and just the requirements I need for specific classes. And it is super simple. You just email me. So, hey, John, I want to do this. Cool. This is what we need. Cool. These are the dates available. Cool. This is the price. Cool. Done. So after you've uh, gone to the hosting tab and you've looked at which class you want to host, you can go down all the way to the bottom, hit the contact us, and it'll take you right to your email and you email me uh, where you are, what you want to do, and which class you want to host, and I'll send you out any requirements that I need and we'll be good to go. Obviously dates that they're see if you're available. Yeah, and I'll, I'll send some dates out uh, depending on if it's law enforcement, we can do it during the week. If it's a, uh, a a class for civilians or something, I usually do those on weekends because uh, that's when we have days off kind of things, and uh, and we'll set it up. So uh, going to the website, if you're looking for a class or want to go to a class or take a class, uh, you can just scroll down on the homepage, 
and you can see all the classes that I have going on in 2022, 2023 so far. It's a living document, so it just continues to like grow or when a class passes, I delete it off of there. But let's say you wanted to go to any of these, like let's say uh, Weaponized Geometry in Vero Beach, you'd click it and it would take you right to the Weaponized Geometry page and you would just have to select which date depending on which dates were available. And if it's um, lighter gray color, that means it's out of stock. So you wouldn't be able to do it because these classes sell out pretty quick. Uh, but you can be notified if a slot opens up and somebody canceled on me. And, uh, and as long as there's enough time to fill the spot, you would get notified and you can pay for your spot in the class. But every class is like this where you can, you can click right onto it from the schedule and it'll take you right to all the available classes and dates and locations. And they're all over the U.S. And if you see one that you you want to do and it's not anywhere near you and you have the ability to host or have the facility to host, that's where you would go to that hosting tab again and go through that process of hosting. It's actually very easy. I'm not very high maintenance when it comes to things. Uh, I'd rather get more people to come learn than make it so complicated that people can't learn, right? They they're not going to be willing to go through the, the hoops to get me there to actually go through the process of learning. So private individuals, law enforcement, I know sometimes you train some military units as well. Yep. So anybody that wants to host a class or to have John teach your unit, your the guys you work with in law enforcement, or just your friends or family, this is the process. I highly recommend it. Super simple.